This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Episode 21 of the Four Star Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Lucas. Oi, oi. How we doing, boys? We have Sam M. Hey, how's it going? And returning to the podcast, we have Christian. You knows. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, um, we, we had a lot to talk about, but maybe a little bit less than usual in the first half uh, with only one match to talk about. Uh, but I kind of want to break the ice with a story from my own life. So this past Thursday, um, I uh, I won't talk about my doctor's visit beforehand, but I got I went to the doctor, had a haircut, and then I managed to get myself hit by a, a car in the parking lot carrying two bags of groceries out, out of the grocery store, walking across the street. So um, I guess um, I was. Um, I was walking, there was a car that was circling the parking lot, and they came into the aisle that I was walking into, and he just hit me, sent me flying three feet. Like, I didn't get to see the video of it, but, uh, like, the police came to do a report, and they got to see the video, and they're like, whoa, they couldn't believe I wasn't hurt more than I was, but I actually have absolutely, I don't even have bruises. Can you get us copies of that video? I would love to, but, like, the only way I think I could get them is if I... Went to the hospital, reported the injury to get like x-rays or something like that. And then my insurance company had to try and get the vehicle's insurance uh, to pay for that. If that were to happen, then I might be able to see the video. But they weren't allowed to show it to me at the grocery store. They were sitting there and they were all like looking at it. And they're like, well, we're not allowed to show you this to you. But we get, we'll show it to the police officer who comes out. Well, I, uh, think, I think it's a good, it is a good icebreaker because I think it is the perfect metaphor. Uh, sometimes I would rather get hit by a car than watch Spurs sometimes. and <laughs> Or or you could say sometimes going a week without watching Spurs is like getting hit by a car. So I think either way you want to phrase it, it's a good in metaphor regard, to break us in. In regards to getting hit by a car and being a Spurs fan, I think there's a lot of ways you can go there. So. <laughs> well, certainly. And, um, I, and it was weird because like, we had this break that was a, like an eight-day break, which is the longest we've had in a very long time. Um, we've had two matches a week pretty much straight through. Uh, so ha- to have this bit of a break was kind of nice. Uh, but it, also it you kind of miss it when it's gone. And it, it is c- kind of like uh, having that type of tragedy, I guess, or... or <laughs> Accident. Well, I think I think to Christian's point, if you want to make it the perfect metaphor, like it'd be supporting Spurs is like continuously jumping out in front of cars. Like you know it's going to hit you, and you know it's going to cost you, but you just keep jumping out and tuning in for the next match. So, yep, and that's kind of what this Wickham uh, match was that we watched <laughs> today. And uh, perfect uh, setup, right? A, a seamless transition into the Wickham uh, match. Uh, so uh, we uh, we played earlier today, Monday. Um, we, uh, um, went to Wickham. I think we were feeling like this is a team at the absolute bottom of the championship that we should be able to handle pretty well. Um, 
And then we get into that first half, and it's looking like the same old Spurs can't break down a team. Um, we, we had kind of a, a backup lineup a little bit, but they, by all accounts, those guys should have been able to handle this team pretty well. Um, and then it, it took until the end of the second half for us to get that equalizer um, to finally at least set us up. Well, we're back to even here and see what we're, what we're going to do in the second half. And then we, uh, it took a while into that second half for us to start to put together, and we had to bring on our uh, big guns to be able to pull it off, which was a little bit frustrating. So, uh, Lucas, what are you? Where are you at on this? So, I think the first thing I will say is yes. Well, saying that it's Wickham, um, I think if you're Spurs, you kind of had that back in like the back part of your brain. You're thinking oh my God, what if it's like the Wickham of last time at White Hart Lane where it was the nightmare of all nightmares that we somehow pulled out of the bag at the last second. So that was always going to be in the back of your brain. But I was really actually excited about how we came out today because I thought the way we came out today, like if you looked at how we came out against Fulham, a Premier League team that we should have smacked, we came out and Fulham brought it to us for the first 30 minutes and we had a Harry Kane horizontal header that gave us the lead at halftime. But there was no point in which you felt good about how we played in that first half against Fulham. And even you could make the same argument against Sheffield, where, okay, we had a set piece that we hammered home from Surge in the fifth minute. But then we took kind of a 40-minute break and then had another Harry Kane moment of class. But today it was like we came out and we looked hungry and we looked aggressive and we looked like we were playing the right way. And we just kept getting these amazing chances. And then it kind of fell to Bale. And Bale had just... It was rust. It was just rust of not being in there. He looked rusty. He, the the moments of class and the like, the talent and the pure brilliance of Bale is there. He was just rusty, like that header he missed in like the first five minutes or so that he was camped out right in front of the net on a set piece and it just went wide. He didn't even put it on frame, and then he had another one that top of the box. We've seen him probably slot that home a thousand times, most of which for Spurs, and it's like. You saw it. We were such, we were in good rhythm. We were bombing forward. Lucas was doing well, bombing forward. Lamella was bombing forward. And we were actually completing passes for Moore and Lamella. And it was like everything looked great. We just weren't finishing the chances, but it wasn't like something I was worried about. I thought we really came out in the right way today and we looked great. We just weren't finishing the chances. So I was never at any point worried. I just thought, like, we'll get one before halftime. And if we don't, like, we'll get a few in the second half. I was never worried. I really loved how we came out today. Okay. Uh, Christian? Uh, you're on mute still. Yeah, you're still Sorry, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I don't okay. know what happened no, there. No problem. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, well, first off. There was it's the FA Cup and there's a lot of uh, even this weekend where um, I think it was um, Man City went down one nil to Cheltenham. And then in the last few minutes, the floodgates opened. Uh, Brentford went one up against Leicester and then the floodgates opened. That's FA Cup football because you're putting out a B squad like we did. Um, We had, you know. 
Mora, Lamella, Bale, all starting. Um, it was, it was again, we have the depth to do that now, but it was a solid B squad, and that's what you're going to get from FA Cup football. Give them the B squad from the Prem, Prem team and, and really push to uh, to keep it close, and then when you got to bring the big guns on, you bring on the Hoiberg, which I actually thought was a terrible decision. You should be resting Hoiberg. I don't think we needed Hoiberg right then and there, um, but Ndombele, Son, Kane, they changed the game. The last two goals were both involved, Son, Ndombele, and Hoiberg, so the last two goals involved are you know key subs there so i think we did the right things but really you know to me i I said last week on the podcast i thought this was going to be bale's time to shine yes he scored but my god did he miss a lot of sitters he he hit i mean he should have had three in the first half easy he could have had six all day um (laughs) so i mean at the end of the day i think that uh, Bale doesn't look like the player he was. He looks rusty. He looks slow. He looks like he kind of doesn't want to be there. He's a little bit achy. He's not moving off the ball. Lucas, what did we say today when I was like, do you see Bale like walking up when, you know, uh, the right wing is just pacing down the wing and he's kind of just jogging up behind him? So uh, I think I think that um, – all in all, you know, we threw a lot at Wickham today, and not a lot of it stuck to the wall, but the main ones did, and we're going through. It was a great FA Cup classic tie, and at, at an away championship ground that wanted to give us everything, and we played it exactly how we should be. So, yes, I didn't want it to be as close as it was and you know, the 75th minute, it being one all at Wickham, and you're like, what the hell? But we did the right things, because what's the end result? And, and really what I took away from that was, what is the deal with Bane number one? Uh, with Bale number one? I mean, what is really the gameplay here? You know, how do we reinvigorate this guy and and get him on our side and us on his side? Because there's a disconnect here, and I don't know what's going on with that. So one, that's what I took away from it. And two is okay, we do have depth, but we still need our big guns to come in and finish people off. So those were really my key takeaways when I look at the match as a whole. Yeah, when it's Sam, like a. Uh... Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that. We we brought in a lot of uh, all. We had to bring in like all of the key big guns, like the guys that seem to be irreplaceable in the team. Sun, Kane, Hoiberg, and Ndombele. Those are all guys that we can't seem to win matches unless we have those four guys on. And we weren't able to even win this match without those four guys on. Um, the only one that we have recently been able to pull off as a win without these four guys on and sometimes even with the, these four guys on was Marine. And uh, obviously uh, that's a different circumstance altogether. But um, what do you think on, uh, on that was, is this a problem that we weren't able to rest our guys for the whole match? Yeah, I, I, I think that's an issue. Um, obviously, obviously we, we want, I wanted to see us rest Hoybier and Ndombele, specifically those two, the entire match just knowing how important that they are going to be with the two upcoming fixtures. Um, I figured Kane and Son would come on at some point. Um, Kane came on a little bit earlier than I liked. Um, I just To me, it was very, very ironic that we bring in all these subs. The guy who breaks the deadlock is, of all people, Harry Winks. So, granted, it was a great goal. And it was set up by the subs, but it was Harry Winks that scored, and granted, Ndombele put the game away. But, yeah, I, I, I'd prefer to rest them, but 
but you know when you need to win, you need to win, and I'm very happy that we did. It didn't go beyond the uh, 90 minutes allotted. It didn't go into extra time. Well, and to your point, Sam, if if I had been coaching, I would have pulled Harry Winks at halftime or soon after. <laughs> he was he was yeah. my first guy to sub off, so he ended up being in the right place at the right time and got the goal. But Lucas, if I would if I would have been coaching, I would have sold him about three weeks ago. But <laughs> the no, but to Sam's point, I think great goal, that in itself is a bit ambitious. It was a chip, and their goalkeeper was scrambling back. I mean, I think three of the four of us could have probably put that one in, just lob it over the wall. There was one guy there that could use his hands, and he was scrambling back to the crease because Harry and Bale did all the legwork. And the last one that uh, Winks had from about the same angle, he put off the top that little like bar that separates the lower stand from the upper stand, he put it off that bar on his last chance. So I think Winks getting man of the match was laughable. But um, to Christian's point about the subs, like I think the big thing is why, why, why did we need to bring on the subs? I don't feel like we, and even Christian's thing about Bale, like I think Bale, he'll be, he'll be Bale. He'll be back and he'll be ready he just needs games. He needs minutes, and he needs Christian himself to uh, talking about like, ah, oh, he didn't look like he's excited to be there. Like anyone that's not getting minutes is going to look like they're disappointed. Start getting them some runouts, get them some minutes, and we're going to start seeing the real Gareth Bale. And yeah. I hope that we can see that sooner rather than later because I think we should have seen it against Fulham. But like Bale will be back, and we don't even know Bale could be the hero of Europa for all we know. Like Mourinho could have some like secret plan to have like Bale be the Europa guy, or we don't know, but he is world class and he shows those abilities time and time again. But I just don't get why we needed to make the subs that we made. Hoybear for the first part. What did what did Tanganga do to come off? Like we came at them and we battered them for that first half, and we just missed a couple of we missed a couple of golden setters. But there was nothing that was like, oh man, we need to change this up. We were taking it to him and like we absolutely smoked him right out the gate from the second half. And then we take off Vinicius. Like why did Vinicius need to come? I get he needs to figure out how to be onside, but I thought Vinicius played fine. And I know we have a question coming up about that, but yeah, there's a question about Vinicius. So let's go to that now. Cause I think you set up a good point. So uh, this is, this comes from our own, uh, Rick uh, at, at DeSera, Rick, um, he asks, uh, media thinks Vinicius had a bad game, but he did exactly what he's there to do. He took the battering off of fresh Wickham and saved Harry from injury. He put himself about and, and paved the way for fresh substitutes to take advantage of tiring defenders. Thoughts? Uh, well, you continue, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just go real quick. I, I think Vinicius played fine, and you take away – like. Again, this is a guy that gets to play once in a while. And he's coming in and he looked good. He actually held up play at some points, laid it off for some guys. There was just moments of him he needs to figure out like how to stay on side. He looked a bit defoe in that aspect. But I think that the like the emergency sub moves that we made were so forced and we didn't need to see Sun on there. We didn't need to see Kane. We didn't need to see Ndombele. We didn't need to see Oybear. I thought the, like, the initial squad could have handled this had given the right time. 
And yeah, I thought uh, I thought Carlos I thought Carlos played great. Or not great, but I thought he played fine. He was doing his job. He could have had a goal or two had he been given ninety minutes. Uh, Christian? Yeah, I mean Vinicius is solid. I, I Vinicius gets first team starter play at Crystal Palace at, at you know West Brom and stuff. He's a solid backup striker and I think we are going to see a lot more from him. Uh, I, I think that I agree completely with what Lucas is saying. I think it's part of a bigger picture here with do we actually have depth if we need to bring on uh, the super subs every game when we feel a little bit stretched. That to me is not depth then. That's that's the total opposite. So to me if we can field a squad of B-side players that can handle a game against a low tabled championship side that is depth and I think they could have so I do think we have depth but I think that we we just completely outdid ourselves I think Mourinho uh, was a little bit scared to go into pens I think he was like oh they're only going to play 20-30 minutes and you know Liverpool are on a slump I, I, I don't know but I thought that it was a little bit too much too early and I do agree I think we could have handled it and, and let's remember the game winner was actually Winks you know who wasn't a sub and is a B-squad player Player in my eyes, I don't know how he gets on the A squad, but at the end of the day, Endembele uh, and uh, Son, you know, they take care of business when they're on, and they're only on for twenty minutes. It's great, but again, are we wasting those legs? That was the point of fielding a B side. So I think it's a bigger picture here. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it, we are um, relying too much on certain players, and and we either have to get more faith in our second team or or at least have a more solid plan of how those players are going to play if it has to be different. Like, maybe it's not the same style. But, uh, but Sam, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this depth issue, it's been a concern for a while. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously, it's going to be addressed in the summer with the return of Oliver, Oliver Skip um, um, and a few other additions to the squad. Um, Parrot will but, come back as well. That he has some potential. Uh, Sassignan will return. Yeah, Clark. Clark, yeah. Clark, uh, White. Um, so there is potential there. But one thing that I have noticed this season is just the way the difference between how Mourinho is handling the squad versus how Potch is hand, would have was handling the squad. I think he's. He's resting players when necessary, um, especially given the uh, fixture congestion. That is just the story of the season. Okay, uh, Lucas, let's have, let's have a final thought before we go to MVP, LVP. So yeah, real quick, I, I can't say enough. Like Sam's correct. Like the way Jose has handled the squad is bang on. But there is something that needs to be said. How do you, if we call it the backup squad or the B squad or call it what you want to call it, how do these guys get to actually perform and prove themselves if the first time they make a mistake, it's like we just throw in the towel and we're like, nope, you're out. Like, again, we'll talk about the Antwerp away game. The first time we played Antwerp and we had the B squad, if you will, they went out, we lost 1-0 to Antwerp. And then right after that, the next Europa away or the Europa game that we played was all Premier League starters. And it was like, you know what? Fuck it. Vinicius, you're out. Delhi, you're out. Like, everyone, nope, you're out. Like, there needs to be some room for these guys to actually get a chance. And 
I, I don't get where like if like imagine if you're Tanganga today and you're like, well, this was my one shot. I thought I played fine, but I get subbed off at half for what? I didn't make any mistakes. Like, how does Tanganga get better? When's the next time we're going to see him? Maybe never. Yeah, and I understand it, and I also understand that there's probably a bit of tacticalness to us because if if we had stayed even and we hadn't found a way to 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 move ahead, like Winks hadn't gotten that goal in. Um, there, there could be a world where this goes to penalties and we even lose this and we're knocked out of the FA Cup. And I think Jose is a guy that's very savvy about there are certain things that you have to do to assure that you will win these win these knockout competitions. And some of that is um, knowing throwing in the, the the towel too soon, if not too late. Like too late's always going to be worse. And I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with it because I do agree that like we need to get better about using our second team squad um, and resting those top legs. But I can also see where like uh, this is a way that you can assure that you're advancing. Um, And and that's what we brought them in to do. Uh, Lucas. All right. Last thing I'll make it quick. It's just, it was a question that I wanted to bring up before we went to LVP MVP. It was a question about Toby. Like, do you guys think that there's a, do you guys think Toby's on his way out? Do you guys think that, Toby's lost favor within the squad because this is the second time now we've seen Toby. Toby started his last two starts had been Marine and Wickham, and the last two Premier League games he didn't even feature. So I think, and we saw the goal today. You could make the argument that it was Lucas Mora's dumb throw-in, but Toby got skinned, and I know we all are quick to take the piss out of Sanchez. But did anyone see anything today out of Toby that they thought? deserve to be starting there against Liverpool on Thursday or I mean, no, I, I think I, I agree with you, Lucas. I think he's fighting for a position. I don't think he's lost favor. I don't think it's a dressing room. I don't think there's rumors of him to leave. I just don't think he's performing up to up to Prem standard right now and and Jose's trying to keep him on his toes. At the end of the day we got a lot of defenders and a lot of them are pretty class. And I think that um you know he's keeping people on their toes at the end of the day. I think he's uh, aging. Like I, I, I mean, we saw Jan go down really fast last season. Very uh, fast, and yeah. he's essentially the same. Toby's essentially the same age. Uh, I, I don't think it's beyond reason to think that, like, uh, maybe he's just losing a step with, with what Jose's seeing in training and saying he's not my starter for this match because I, I need somebody that's going to be able to keep up with whatever you're facing and the the Wickhams and the uh, the Marines of the world you're confident that he can handle, but um, I don't think it's necessarily that he's bad um, or lost favor, but I think he's just aging and, uh, and maybe we're not going to see as much of him. Maybe yeah, he's just helping to carry us along this year until, um, until the, the rest of the defense core comes together and whoever else they're going to bring in. Uh, but let's go to MVP LVP. Um, wait, wait, Anthony. So you're saying we should stop buying center backs from IX. Is that what I heard? <laughs> no, I think we should definitely <laughs> buy some more center backs. Right. Never should stop doing that. <laughs> don't, don't That's our feeder right club. <laughs> um, uh, but let's uh, let's go to MVP first, and let's start with uh, Sam first. Uh, MVP, even though he he kind of was missed some sitters, looked very rusty. I gotta say, Bale just. Because the way he had an impact on the game, he showed how, yeah, how easy that 
this team could be breaking broken down. Um, um, and then when we did bring um, our regular players on, we did break them down. So I'm going to go with Bale there. Okay. I, I, I like that shout. And I think he did have some um, – uh, he had some good ideas. They didn't always work out, and he wasn't always in sync with the rest of the team. But I do think he had some ideas. But I do think that he's uh, – there's a certain uh, – like he's definitely not the player we used to have. But uh, Christian? Well, that's I totally agree with that. I, even though I was shitting on Bale earlier and I'm like, you know, he needs to be doing more. Why does he look like this? He missed so many sitters. He was still man of the match. So imagine if we got him back to what he was like. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, you know, it's like Bale's still great and you know he, what he can do. And he's man of the match today. And it's like, imagine if we had actually had Bale actually there, you know? So that's that's why I give a man of the match. It's a little bit of a backhanded man of the match. But I just, uh, I want to see him, you know, full full stride, you know, which is what everyone want, wanted when, you know, five months ago we were sitting there all freaking out about it, so. Okay, uh, Lucas? Uh, well, now I feel dumb because I, I thought I was going to be so clever coming in with this. I'm like, hey, no one's going to see this coming. But I was going to have Bale as my man of the match. I'm like, he was uh, his talent, his skill, the way he thinks, his creativity, like everything about him is so special. And just because he doesn't have the pace that we remember for Taxi, for Micon, and all that crap, it doesn't mean he's not an absolute asset to our team. So every game that he plays, it's going to be, we're going to see better and better and better things from him. So we just need to give him a run out, more runs out keep playing him because a guy that finds himself with that many scoring opportunities, whether it be against Wickham or uh, Jesus Christ, like Marine, it doesn't matter. He finds himself in these scoring opportunities and the more we play him, the more he will bury these. So I think like he was man of the match and I cannot wait until we see more and more of him. Yeah. Well, I, and to all of your point, like, I actually thought about Bale uh, for a while. Like, I was considering, because I did like a lot of what I was seeing, but I also, there was a lot that I didn't like about what I was seeing. Like, the um, uh, lack of aggressiveness at times, uh, like, uh, um, just being out of sync with the team, like, the, the, the passes that just went to the wrong direction, um, or or nobody was on the end of like uh, he, he wasn't in sync with the rest of the squad to make anything happen. Um, but he did show a lot of promise in this match. And that's making me hopeful that we will get something more out of Bale this year. And that's what, that's what I saw a promise, but I picked in Dombele for mine. Like I, even though he came on as a sub, um, I, I think the, the match immediately changed. Like we finally had a guy who could uh, have some level of uh, holding the ball creativity um, could uh, find useful passes to, uh, and, and, and it became a pinball machine in the box right before the wings goal. Um, and a lot of that was uh havoc created by Ndombele and, and, and then certainly his two, two goals to, to lock up the match too were, were, were obviously uh, impressive, but he, he was mine. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that that guy's having sex with multiple partners tonight. He was, he was on form, <laughs> absolutely crushing. Uh, I, 
I just wanted to add on to the end of this. I just am super excited about this guy. I just think like every time he is has come in lately or is on the pitch lately, he's super inspired. Yeah, this uh, Andamale's got proper, proper, um, uh, just the vibe that Spurs need right now. I'm super excited to see him. Yep, definitely. Uh, let's go to LVP. Uh, let's start with Lucas this time. Mine was the man of the match from some hacks, whoever had that. Mine was Winks. I'm, I'm sorry, Winks was... He was useless today. He had a couple of good runs, but so did everyone. We were playing Wickham. Winks did absolutely nothing for me today. Sure, he got a goal where the goalkeeper wasn't even in the crease. Like, had to sprint back to try and... Uh, I don't know. Winks was... He was just worthless for me until that moment where he had that goal that basically Bale and Kane, and Kane had the ingenuity to not let it go out for a corner, force it back into the box to Bale, who created that ball for Winks. It's like, other than that, it was Winks was worthless to me today. Yeah, um, good shout there. I, um, let's go to Sam next. Sanchez, I've seen enough. Um, if you watch Wickham's goal, before it gets to the goal score, it bounces off the back of Sanchez's heel. Toby got skinned. Yeah, Toby got skinned, but at the same time, I don't think it would necessarily, they probably don't have that goal if it doesn't bounce. But anyway, Sanchez, I'm done. May find another club. Please make room for Roden. And I'll jump in since you mentioned it, Lucas. Like I, I had Toby as my LVP because I think he did get skinned and like uh, he led to their one goal. Um, and yeah, Sanchez wasn't great either. Uh, but I, I put more of that on Toby than than on Sanchez. Uh, Christian. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to agree with Sam that I'm done with Sanchez. I don't know if he was. Um, the worst player on the pitch. It probably was Toby. I think it was his fault. Um, but but I'm done with Sanchez. Uh, I'm, I, he's just. I said today to Lucas. I said, you know, this guy is so suspect, and he's never not been suspect. I mean, how many times do you like when? Oh, oh, you know, like as soon as he's you know backing down. So uh, I think uh, I'm gonna have to say uh, Toby today. But but I'm with Sam on on the Sanchez thing. I also think that Mora was pretty bad. Um, he was really he's he has great movement and he's so pacey, but he didn't really execute anything. Um, so uh, it, it wasn't the Mora's best to me. Mora needs to be scoring in games like that and quick as well. That's why he's down there. So I love the Brazilian connection with uh, Vinicius and Mora, and I think that we're going to see that grow. But it wasn't there today. Okay. Uh, well, and to your to your point on Sanchez, like uh, uh, the next part conversation I wanted to have. Um, was to have a quick conversation about some of the transfer rumors that are going on out there. And one of the ones that I heard this week, which was interesting to me, was that Ajax had uh, expressed interest in both Toby and Sanchez. Um, and, and Spurs had said, we're not interested in uh, moving either of those guys right now. Now, I know, granted, we're in the market for center backs right now. So yeah, I'm like, if you could, uh, if you could see the look on my face when I heard that, I was like, what? What do you mean we're not interested? Take them both. Yeah, like I, well, and that that was my thinking. Like this would be a 
like if the money was right, it would it would be a great opportunity to to sell Ch- Sanchez, but um, but apparently we're not interested in at least until there's a replacement. I think, um, but um, man, I somebody interested in Sanchez, I'm like uh, I'm I'm ready to. <laughs> I'll drive him there myself. <laughs> uh, Lucas? No, nah, but the, ma- the main... Uh, personally, I don't think we're going to get anybody over the line in terms of bringing them in this January. Uh, but I think that we'll see... I think we'll see Delhi go. Um, I read today that it looks like they've got the... Uh, and I'm not like Tommy's back page update that has like the sources, but uh, like I think that I saw that they had uh, the like wages and like the structure agreed with Delhi, but we were just kind of hesitant on trying to bring in a replacement first. But I don't think we're going to bring in a replacement. And I know that because he's English, we have to fill the quota. But I think we'll see Delhi go at least on loan. And I don't think we're actually going to bring anyone in. Well, have you guys uh... heard any transfer rumors that I'm not aware of? Well, Sam, you had heard about a, p- a potential defender that was in the works that seemed like it was pretty far along, uh, 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 didn't you? Yeah, uh, uh, Nikola Mac- Maximovic, uh, the Serbian defender from uh, Napoli. Um, he's um, tw- twenty-nine years old. Doesn't turn thirty until March. Um, he's six foot four. Um, um, 55 appearances. Um, uh, he's going to be available on a free this summer. So basically, we can negotiate, any club can negotiate the terms in January, at, begin negotiations per whoever's rules it is, like FIFA or UEFA's. So from what I read, I believe it was, it was either Aldisar Gold or Fabrizio Romano that – um, it's pretty far along. Terms are agreed, but um, transfer transfer rumors are rumors. It's not it's not true until the social media campaign gets here, where we see them holding up the shirt at, at Hotspur Way. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a potential and any tall defender, I think, is something that you want to consider. Um, uh, but we've also had those guys that have been busts as well. So, um, yeah. but uh, it, it's intriguing. Uh, we'll have to pay attention to that, uh, Lucas. No, I was just gonna say, but I, I think that's if that's true, that that's the part that scares me because I'm like, I don't feel I feel super safe about center back. That's probably the most depth we have is at center back. Even if you say Toby's old and he can get sold, look at. We still have Tenganga, who we trust, and Jose trusted him to go in against Liverpool on day one. You have Joe Roden, who Jose trusted to go in against Chelsea on day one. And you have Eric Dyer, who has become our best center back. So we have guys that can slot in. Ben Davis can play center back if you need him to. Hell, Stoko can slot in and play center back if you need him to. I, I don't think we need to force a center back signing in January. That's all stuff that we can wait till the summer to do. If we're going to try and get to where we hope to go this year, I don't think fixing center back in January is the problem. 
Well, I, I don't think Sanchez sits, fits the system, and if you can bring a guy that fits what Mar- Mar- Jose wants to do, I, I can certainly see that as being important. And certainly he's not happy with uh, uh, the way we give up those late match leads that we can't seem to hold on at the end. I think that's what we need to improve on. Um, and that might not necessarily be just because we have one of the better defenses in the league doesn't mean that we're not when we are giving up those goals, it's hurting us bad. So uh, um, so the, the key might not necessarily be just being a good defense. It might be the defense that we need a certain very, style. very quickly, very quickly. I will say that I would argue that it's the boys up front that are causing that problem, not the boys at the back. It's not the center back's fault that we concede our first goal of the game in the 70th minute, and that costs us. I would say it's the boys up front for not being up by three at 70. But more importantly, let's move on. Different topic. Yeah, well, Sorry. Christian, you had something you wanted to say regarding that as well, didn't you? I just wanted to add on to what Lucas was saying about I agree we have a lot of depth in that position. That's why Toby's fighting for a spot. That's why Toby's playing, you know, in the FA Cup and starting and so forth. So I think it was just only backing up the point I was making earlier is that we're not desperate for that position, um, that we've got a lot of competition there. And that's why, you know, players are being thrown around in different uh, cups and and for different tournaments and so forth. Yeah, no, okay, fair point. I, I mean, clearly... Uh, we're looking at a lot of center backs, so Jose is looking for something he doesn't have. Um, but um, but it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And uh, I, I don't know anything specific about the player, so I couldn't really judge the, that specific player uh, personally. But are, any other transfer thoughts that people have before we go to half? Okay, well, I, I think that about wraps up the half. Uh, uh, we uh, In the second half, we are going to... Uh, kind of talk about the expectations overall uh how they may have changed uh given recent events in the league um in other competitions um then we have two matches to preview we're going to preview thursday's liverpool match and then uh sunday's um match against brighton uh but first let's go to luke's locks uh, all right this one's gonna be tough i'm gonna get a lot of slack for this one but, boys, let's get free money, and let's remember that that's what this is about, getting free money. First, we're going to go to get – and get these ones in quick, these first two, because they play tomorrow. Palace at home to West Ham. Over-under is two and a half. We're taking the over. Over two and a half goals. Look for each team to score. Each team's going to attack. They're going to be bombing forward. And I think the bull score, and there's no way this ends in a draw. So someone's getting the win. Over, under, two and a half, pound the over. Second one, this is where I will catch some slack. Ah, we're going to take Arsenal to win away at Saints. They're minus a half goal. Arsenal is now playing Southampton for the third time in six weeks. Three times in six weeks. They have to beat them at some point. Like, they're not going to not win in three games in six weeks against Southampton. Got to take Arsenal. Well, I'm going to give you your first bit of flack for that, Lucas. <laughs> oh, and oh, you haven't you haven't heard the second bit. That's the first <laughs> bit of flack. <laughs> Here we go. Chelsea. Here's the third bit of flack. Chelsea over two and a half at home against Wolves. Didn't say to take Chelsea. We're going to take the over. Chelsea Wolves over two and a half. Wolves will score. Chelsea's got a new gaff. 
take over two and a half. Here's where I might catch some more slack. Liverpool, minus a half goal away at Tottenham. I mean, if you look at Liverpool's form right now, how are they minus a half a goal against Spurs? Clearly, Vegas knows something that we all don't. So I'm saying take Liverpool. And worst case, we get a point and you lose your money. But I'd say you're going to probably be safe with Liverpool minus half against Spurs. And Christ save us, but that is my Luke's locks of the weeks. That's a harsh Ugh. one, there. Like I, oh, I know that was much more brutal than Arsenal. I just, I just, I just, I just told you, I just told you to take Arsenal to win and Liverpool to beat us. Like this was a fucking. I, I tell you what, Lucas, no, I, I, I like the Chelsea call because a Chelsea are in disarray and a team in disarray either scores heavy or lets a shit ton in or both. So I love the over. I love the over in that. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, – I can understand that pick. Uh, but, yeah, uh, here's to hoping that you're wrong on the, at least the last one. If no, oh, Jesus, I hope so. <laughs> but um, – but uh, let's move the conversation along. So before we preview these two matches, I just want to have a, uh, an updated conversation. Obviously, we make our predictions at the beginning of the, the season. We, uh, around the holiday period, we stopped and kind of re-evaluated where we were at at that point in time. But I figured this would be a good time with, uh, with only one match to, to talk about this week to, to, to ask the question of... Um, where we think are going expectation-wise. So we're sitting in fifth place now with a Liverpool that we're about to play in fourth place above us, uh, with us with the ability to pass them in the table. Now, um, a couple months ago, we were sitting with uh, Liverpool behind us, about to play them at their home, and uh, with the ability to uh, the six-point swing at the top of the table uh, and Spurs still in first place after... three consecutive weeks being there. Um, so obviously expectations are shift. We're still in four cup competitions, so we have to uh, um, plan our minutes well. Uh, where are you guys at and how the season has changed? So, uh, Lucas? Well, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not excited as to where I am now versus a month ago. Uh, I was in... South Florida, we had just beaten Arsenal. We were top of the league. I'm thinking we're going to win all the Cups. But um, I think right now, I go back to my preseason prediction, and I think we can finish top four, and we can win a trophy. And I think the way I broke it down for Tommy was, Tommy and I've talked about this, it's theoretically you look at City, Liverpool, United they're all going to finish top four. And now even Liverpool has been dodgy in the last like couple weeks. Liverpool realistically will finish top four along with city and United, which leaves one last spot for top four. So the way I see it is we have to be better than Everton, Leicester, Chelsea, and Arsenal. If we can be better than those four teams, we will finish top four. And that's the way I'm looking at it is like, you know what? I don't worry about what United does. I don't worry about what City does. Uh, We'll beat Liverpool eventually at some point within the next decade. But like we can be in the top four if we're just better this year for the remainder than Leicester, Everton, Chelsea, and Arsenal. 
we already have a massive head start on Chelsea and Arsenal. So like, let's focus on getting the job done there. Christian? Yeah, I, I don't look at it like that. And I look at it a little bit differently because, um, uh, like you said, six weeks ago, we are at the top of the table with Liverpool behind us and it looks like a two-dog race. And we're thinking whoever wins this game is basically going to win the Prem. And now we look at the last five games, Man U undefeated. Man City have won the last five games in a row. Leicester undefeated. Liverpool haven't won a game in five games. And we're so-so, Everton are so-so, West Ham in seventh, haven't lost a game in the last five games. So th- when you look at 32 and 40 points between seven and first, all within a game in hand, then we're really talking about, okay, we have a chance to win the league here. And when a team like Liverpool are sliding so heavily, they just got knocked out of the FA Cup, they haven't won in the Prem in five games, they don't look like the team they are last year, then we need to destroy them. We need to beat them on Thursday and then start letting Leicester, Man United, Man City, West Ham, these teams know that we are still in this race and that we are putting ourselves forward to win the league because out of the four competitions we're in, one we're in the final, I'm feeling great about it, FA Cup, it looks like we're going to mount a real run here, Europa, of course we want to win it and Mourinho loves winning that trophy, but the Prem is what we want at the end of the day, right? We want to win the Premiership. So when I look at that, I'm looking at how the you know table is snakes and ladders right now, and we really have a chance to shit on Liverpool, show everyone where we're at, you know, kick a uh, you know kick someone when they're down, basically, which is what we need to do here, and that really shoots us to be. I'm not worried about top four. I think we're getting top four. I think we are the best side in the Prem when we're we're playing to our potential and we're playing, you know, we're coached better than anyone. I truly believe that, but we've got to look at winning and not second, not third, not fourth. I think we're easily going to be ahead of Chelsea and Arsenal. I don't even think that's a competition. I think that we need to look at how do we win the Prem because I want that trophy more than anything else. And to me, it starts with absolutely beating down the dying dog that is Liverpool right now and then focusing and scaring those top three teams of Leicester City and United. Okay, uh, Sam, what are your thoughts? Um, to be honest, I actually, I, I said this in August, I felt that Manchester United could win the Premier League this year just based on their form and project restart. Um, um, so it, I'm not surprised to see them top of the table, but I do think at some point that City will overtake them. Um, I do think that we are going to get into top four. I just think it's going to be a dogfight. Um, probably harder than it was in 2009, in 2009-10. Harder than it was the year after. Definitely harder than it was any year um, during uh, Potch's reign. Um, just because Leicester's there. Um, um, Leicester... Very good team, very good squad. Um, they kind of have the same issues as us when it comes to depth. The key for them is keeping James Madison healthy. When Madison's healthy, they are hard to beat. But as, again, like we saw with the restart last year, um, they their form dipped in the second half of the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see their form dip in the, um, this season as well grand fixture congestion. But I do expect us 
to be top four and get a trophy. I think top four in the league is priority. And then getting a trophy, whether it be the League Cup, the FA Cup, Europa League, that's a great season for us. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think the League Cup is enough. I, I, I don't I truly don't think just getting the League Cup is enough. Um, and and if it was if it was no cups or the League Cup, of course I want to take the League Cup. But I would take any other cup. Uh, before I take the League Cup, and, and almost like it, it almost doesn't even matter. We just need to say we got silverware. Maybe it matters for Mourinho's job, and, and you know he needs to win trophies. But really, we need the FA Cup or Europa at least, and the the Prem is really the holy grail. If we win the League Cup in another cup, League Cup and FA Cup, that's fucking huge. Okay, that's massive. I mean, we're doubling our silverware from two thousand and eight, so it's it's great. But but I don't think the League Cup is enough to where we want to be. Yeah, uh, Lucas. Yeah, I, I think it's about the cup and top four. We need to win the cup and top four. If we win League Cup and win and finish eighth, yeah, it's going to be great. We'll have that for a bit, but we need to finish top four and win the cup. Look at Arsenal. They won the FA Cup last year. Look at them now. They're a joke. Look at Wigan. Wigan won the FA Cup and got relegated. Like, it's not enough. For us, I think it's about getting that one trophy, teaching these guys how to get it over the line and we'll be grand from that point on. But I think that I was mistaken when I was speaking a few minutes ago about like our position in the league. Christian just got me jacked up. I think we're going to win the league. Forget everyone else. We're going in. <laughs> we're winning the league. <laughs> we're winning the league. Like, just there you go. The go on myself. There he is. We could also win. We could win Bundesliga. We could win La Liga. Like, just give us the trophies now. We're coming in hot. We got Bale ready. We got the boys healthy. Let's go. Well, and on this positive note, I'm going to agree with you guys. I do think, like, even if it is just a league cup, I I want silverware of some oh, kind. Yeah, I'm hoping, absolutely. I'm hoping we need it better. at this point. I would ho- I'm hoping for better. Um, I, I, two cups would be grand. Two cups in top four would be fucking amazing. Um, but... Um, but regardless, we have to have some combination of something that we can come out of this and say that this was a successful season. Uh, this is what we accomplished this year. There has to be accomplishment um, and not just top four because we've done, we did that for three, four consecutive years and we still haven't gotten the silverware. So I think it has to include silverware. Okay, um, so, so I just want to ask a quick question that, for everyone then. Would you rather win the Prem – or would you rather win Europa and FA Cup? Prem. Prem. Yeah, Prem. Easy. Easy. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, I just, I, just, I just think that, you know, the Prem is what we need. We need it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we just we yeah, need we'll that, that stamp, that, that flag in the ground. Yeah, and that might not be this season, but hope uh, we can hope. Uh, Lucas? Uh, so I was going to transition us into Liverpool. Uh, did, did we have a question about Dr. Tottenham? By the way, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to go into that, so uh, let's let's roll into the Liverpool match and yeah. carry the conversation over. So, so this Thursday, so a short rest for Spurs. Uh, Liverpool has a little bit longer rest. Uh, we take on Liverpool at home this Thursday. That's uh, uh, the January twenty eighth. That's two p.m. here in Chicago time. Uh, currently, Liverpool sits in fourth place in the league with thirty four points. That's twelve wins, two draws, and five losses. Um, their most recent 
uh, match was a 3-2 loss to Man U in the FA Cup yesterday. Uh, quite a match, actually. Uh, a loss to Burnley prior to that, a win to Aston Villa, a loss to Southampton, and a draw to Newcastle. Um, upcoming, they take on West Ham away, who's on a bit of a run uh, on the, the 30, Saturday the 31st. Um, so they have their short rest coming up after this match. Um, their top goal scorer right now is Mo Salah with 13. Sadio Mane is behind him with six. Firmino has five behind him. Um, Andrew Roberts is their top assist guy with five. Mo Salah and Firmino both have three behind him. Salah is the top-rated player with 7.44. Mane has 7.41, and Jordan Henderson has 7.19 behind him. Um, Last five times that we faced them, actually the last six times that we faced Liverpool have all been losses. Uh, I won't go into all the painful details there. Uh, But we do have a a question that uh, comes from, uh, I believe, Kyle Mates. Let me double-check. Uh, yeah, Kyle yeah. Mates asks us, is it inevitable that Dr. Tottenham returns on Thursday and Liverpool returns to form against Spurs? We seem to end teams' bad skids regularly. Uh, so uh, is this going to be uh, Liverpool's slide ending with us where they have their return to form, Lucas? Well, it's going to be weird because I just told everyone on Luke's locks to take Liverpool. But in my heart, I'm going to say, no, we control this. We controlled our fate against Liverpool. The last time we played them when it was one verse two, not four verse six, but it was one verse two in December. It was, it was our game. And we had Harry Kane miss a sitter. He missed a header from the six yard box unmarked. And then Bergvine missed a couple and became the scapegoat. And it's it's like we had that game by the balls. And we'll have this game by the balls too. Do we actually take it? Or do we let them, do we just do our usual shtick against Liverpool? And do we let them slide away with three points? And I would like to think that we'll take it. But, I mean, there's no point where... The doctor, to, to answer the Dr. Tottenham part, there is no point where Liverpool turns up against Spurs and doesn't bring their A game. There's one time in the last 20 years I can remember it, and that was the 4 1 at Wembley when Leverin gave us two goals. Other than that, when Liverpool turns up against Spurs, they bring it, regardless of who's managing, how their past form has been, whether they're in need of a win or all that crap. Liverpool will bring it to Spurs at White Hart Lane. We, I believe, are better. Can we take control of the game or not? It's up to us. So, Dr. Tottenham, it's up to us. Uh, Let's see. uh, Christian? Yeah, I I mean, I think that that Liverpool are going to bring everything because they need to stop the bleeding themselves. Um, they know that they're on a slide, so you know they're going to think, "All right, Tottenham's a team we can really, um, we can really put the screws to." Uh, I completely agree with Lucas, and I think it's a great point. We control and can set the pace of the match here if we come out strong, but we have to stay that way. We we can't get an early goal or two and then just you know rest on our laurels, sit back, uh, let. Um, 
uh, Liverpool reset, regain dominance. This has to be, let's come out, let's take control of the match, and then let's put them down. Do you know the only team we've done that against was Chelsea? We went out, we scored two goals, and then we didn't sit back, we just held. There's a difference between sitting back and being on the defensive than setting up camp and holding. And I think we did that uh, so phenomenal. Sorry, not Chelsea, Man City. Um, oh, I was going to say, when did we do that against? Sorry, when we won 2 nil against Man City, not Chelsea. Sorry. I'm looking at someone with Chelsea on my screen. Um, but, uh, yeah, when we did that against Man City, I think that was just the the best we've played this year. Um, in it was, um, it was exactly like how I wanted to see Tottenham come out completely take control of the game from start to finish not them let, let them control it not break it down even though they did come out heavy they they didn't come out um, playing terrible man city didn't play awful we just bested them because we played our best and we played great football and that's what i really want to see from spurs i want to see everyone with the attitude of sun i want to see um uh, them really put Liverpool in their place, and like I said, you know, um, kick them while they're down. And I think we can do that if we if we start it with uh, with the, the way I know we can. Well, and it, it, to your point, uh, if we can absorb and counter, I, I think that's where we can be extremely successful against a team like Liverpool. Like they uh, clearly have a, a talent on the attack. Uh, they have speed. Uh, they're very threatening. They they have they're lethal with their their goal scoring. But if we find a way to structure our defense, absorb the pressure, and then hit our counters well, and and make sure that they are fast, and that means and Dombele being on his game with the, the the passes, get that ball through the midfield fast to runners of Kane and Son, um, maybe Bergvine. I I think he has a good potential. We see him in this match. Um, I, I think if we can accomplish the, those tasks, that's where, especially at home, um, Liverpool could be ripe for the picking with uh, the slide that they're on. Um, let's go to Sam next and then Lucas. Um, just wanted to make this point. I'm like, yeah, we're coming off on short rest, but at the same time, we were playing a team – uh, Wickham, which we could afford to rotate our squad a little bit. Yeah, we brought on our best guys as subs, but we it was very necessary to put the game away. Liverpool, you know, a day extra rest. They can they they played United away. That really the only only the only guy that was really rotated in that squad was Mane, who did the game. Salah played the entire ninety minutes. Um, Wijnaldum and Thiago played most of the game. That's you know, two of their better midfielders. Henderson's out. Um, they really, there really isn't that much depth there at center back. And furthermore, like with their recent run of form, the one person on at that club who's really frustrated is Klopp. And if you watched the end of that, their recent match against Burnley, where it was the first home match they lost in. A lifetime, Klopp for some reason felt the need to get into it with Sean Dyke. It's like that doesn't to me. That's not that's a manager who's frustrated, kind of lost. So, so I think really Jose Jose's got to look at that and just think. You know, I, I feel more confident than this guy right now. I can beat him. 
Well, and to your point, Sam, maybe now's the time to, to get under Klopp's skin. Obviously, he's a very emotional coach. Like, I think um, some some Jose Mourinho mind games might work well in this match. Um, uh, and he's certainly good at that psi warfare. Um, uh, Lucas? No, I think, yeah, but Klopp, Mourinho, I think all that crap is out the window for this game. It goes down to... We're playing Liverpool. I don't care that they just had a bunch of guys play against United on Sunday for the FA Cup. They're going to be rejuvenated, ready to go at White Hart Lane on Thursday. But it comes down to who takes advantage of their opportunities. We played them at Anfield in December. You could make the argument that, oh, they had possession, which Rick, our beloved Rick, loves to be all about possession, but you can take XG and all that crap. We had opportunities to bury them. We didn't take them. We will get the opportunities. They will get them too because they're Liverpool. They're Salah and Mane. Like These are guys that will get opportunities to score. So will we. We have Kane and Son. Will we take our advantage of our opportunities, which I hope we'll see more of because it's North London, not Scouse land. But I think that it all comes down to, can we take advantage of our opportunities? That game that I referred to a couple of minutes ago when I was talking about the last time we beat them, when it was the 4-1 at Wembley, and like Lovren gave us a bunch of frees that we just took advantage of. We took advantage of them. We had great finishing and we took advantage and we took advantage of our opportunities so can we do that on thursday if we can if we did it today we would have beat them by six if we can do it on thursday we will be the better team than liverpool i'm sure of it but that comes down to us we control our destiny on thursday not clock not whatever form liverpool has been in it's on us on thursday I, I I do take uh, what Sam was saying, though, and I, I could see Jose having some kind of strategy. Like, I would not be surprised to see one either player that's unexpected in this squad, somebody that we don't expect to be in the squad for uh, for a Liverpool match, or maybe somebody who's in a position that we don't expect them to be in for the Liverpool match. I could see some kind of weird sigh warfare that, that that Jose is going to play in this match, especially with clopping down right now. Um, and and I think that could play to our advantage if it's executed properly. Um, um, not to say that you're not correct that the, the, the clop is not how we should be looking at this match. I do think you're right. Like uh, we just have to look at this. This is the team that we got to come after and just and, and play our game and do it better than them. But I, I think there could be this little uh, psych psych uh, I think, going on here too. I think I think our lineup today pretty much dictates our lineup to Thursday. Like we'll see Bergvon start. Like we'll see Sun, we'll see Kane, we'll see Indombele, we'll see Sissoko, Hoybear. Like, yeah, we're gonna see Hoybear. We're gonna see Serge, Regulon, Dyer. Probably Rodon. Rodon and Loris, that's the lineup. Yeah, like we're like this lineup dictates itself. But like where does Bale come in? 
Well, that's, that's the one thing. Earlier, that's the Lucas. one thing. That's the one thing that Liverpool, to your point, Anthony, that's the one thing that Liverpool doesn't have an answer for, as they found out via bicycle kick in Champions League finals. They don't have an answer for Bale. So, like our lineup today dictates pretty much what our lineup will be on Thursday. If Jose wants to shock him, it's not going to be via, oh, guess what? Here's a Winks and Sissoko pairing again. Oh, no, it's going to no. be like, no, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty by the book. Like you pretty much know what our lineup's going to be. It's not going to be Lucas because it's Bergvine. It's not going to be Davis because it's Regulon. It's not going to be Tanganga because it's Surge. It's going to be no Toby because it's dire. Like it pretty much rotates itself back in, but how we can get them is with the skill and the talent of someone like Bale. Could this be three at the back? Like we've uh, been practicing. We've been doing some trial runs of, um, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't bet against Liverpool. I would try and do the exact same thing that we did at Anfield. I would try and do the same thing we did at Anfield, but instead of Bergvine, here's Bale. Yeah, that, and I totally agree. I think that does a bunch for uh, this squad, for, for Bale. It does a lot to um, play some games with Liverpool. And, and you know, best case scenario here, this is Bale's coming out party on a team that we so like sorely need to, to beat. But uh, I just don't see that in the cards at all. I just never see that happening, unfortunately. But it would be great to see because I think it would really shake everything up. I just don't see it happening because Bale just played 90 minutes today. I mean, uh, he's hey, he's not going to get Dabble, uh, in Dublin uh, played 90 not, minutes. Yeah, but but Bale's also third. Not what, today, 82? but he's done it. Um, it's uh, I just don't see it happening uh, for a Thursday match when Bale played 90 minutes. It's just uh, that's not in the cards for this this match, uh, given what just ha- uh, happened today. Uh, that but, could be what Klopp's thinking. They agree, agreed. That's why I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I just think it would be a real shakeup. I think it would be good to be like, oh, damn, I guess Bale is fit. And he's good to play two 90-minute matches in a week. Oh, shit, we should be watched out. Oh, and he scored. Oh, and he had three chances that should have been put away. Fuck, is Bale back? Just when everyone thinks, oh, what are the Spurs doing with Bale? It's, you know, shove it right up their ass. That's what I say. Just well, like, again, it could, be, it's, it could be, it could be, hey, who's this guy, Lucas, from Chicago? He's starting on the wing. Starting against Liverpool, like you never know. Well, uh, here's the hoping that you guys are right, and <laughs> and Bale comes in and scores a hat trick or something. But um, but I, 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 I'm, I think we're going to go to predictions and maybe leave what I'm going to call a, maybe a little bit of a fantasy land we all want to live in. I'm not, not judging anybody. I, I agree with you guys. I would love to see that. But I'm still thinking it's a little bit far-fetched given what we've seen out of Bale lately. But let's go to predictions and start with Lucas first. Uh, yeah, here comes 2-1. Two, 2-1? One. Two, one? Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Liverpool wins? Yeah, 2-1 to Liverpool. Goal yeah. by Kane. Goal by Kane. Uh, yeah. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> um, but Christian, uh, let's go to you next. Uh, I think it's going to be 3-1 to Spurs. I think uh, we're going to start 
I think we're going to start well, and I think we're going to finish well. Um, but uh, I think we're going to let one up early in the second half. That's going to scare people. Um, I would say that I believe um, that Sonny will definitely get another one against Liverpool. Um, and I could see uh, Endembele with the form that he's uh, that he's on at the moment getting one as well. Uh, but I do believe we're going to win this, and we're going to be right back in the race. And I don't think that Liverpool are going to score more than one. Okay. I, I like the sound of that. Uh, Sam? I'm going to go three to us. Um, I give Son a brace in this game. I think uh, he had a lot of chances in the last match. Granted, he scored one, but it could have easily been two or three. Um, so I'm going to give him two. I'm also going to do Hoybier on an 88th-minute header for his Ooh. first goal in a Spurs shirt. It's going to be the only goal he scores this year, and it's going to be fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, wow. I really hope that happens because it sounds that, epic. <laughs> that, that would be fun. Um, I'm going to take uh, a 2-1 Spurs win. I do think that um, – I, I think we're going to uh, um, outplay them here. Like I think we outplayed them last time we played them, and they just got very lucky at the end. Um, and I think we're going to get a goal – Kane, and I think that we're going to get the other goal from Ndombele. Um, I don't think Son will get on the board for this one, um, but uh, but I think he'll play well and will be happy with his play, and he'll have a couple opportunities, and he'll 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 contribute to uh, build up play. But um, but I don't think uh, Son will get a goal here. Um, but great conversation on Liverpool. We do have one more match to uh, preview uh, on the weekend, so let's get to that. Um, and we'll probably do this one a little bit faster because because uh, we're running a little bit long, but uh, but I think it was a worthwhile conversation to have about Liverpool and where we're at in the league in general. Uh, but this weekend uh, on Sunday, January thirty first, we take on Brighton away um, at one fifteen p.m. here in Chicago, so a late later match for uh, for everybody. Um, currently, Brighton sits seventeenth place in the league, so just. Uh, uh, in the relegation zone with the uh, 17 points. That's three wins, eight draws and eight losses. Uh, their most recent match was uh, a, a win to Blackpool at home in the FA cup this weekend, two uh, one uh, prior to that, they beat Leeds, uh, lost to Manchester city, drew Newport, but they uh, won four, three on penalties. And then they drew Wolves prior to that. Um, so, uh, they this Wednesday they do have a midweek match as well uh, uh, against Fulham at home, um, and upcoming after us they take on Liverpool uh, on the weekend uh, um, away. So two two three to uh, um, so February third away. So uh, uh, they, that's another tough match for them following us, and uh, they take on us at their home. So uh, we might be the easier uh, bait there. Um, their top goal scorer now is uh, Malpai with seven. Uh, Solly March is behind him with two, and Pascal Gross is behind him with two as well. Uh, Troussard is their top assist man with three, and Gross is behind him with two. Uh, Solly March is their top-rated player with a 6.98, so not very good score. And uh, Lamptey is behind him with um, 6.88. The last five times that we faced Brighton and Hove. Uh, we uh, beat them most recently in November 2-1. Um, prior to that, in December 2019, we beat them 2-1. Uh, 
Um, both were at our home. Uh, we lost them, them at their home in October 2019, uh, but we beat them the prior two engagements, April 2019 and September 2018. Um, so we've had a pretty good record against them, but they have been fairly close matches. Uh, what do you guys think on this uh, Brighton match? Uh, Lucas? Uh, well, <clears throat> you can always look at like the last five times we've played them, and we'll go back years, but I think it's kind of nonsense in the sense that this is a Brighton team that wants to attack you. This is a team that's not afraid to bring it to us. The last time we played them was at White Hart Lane, and that was when Bale got subbed on, had the header. They had the goal that came off the VAR review where somebody smoked Hoiber and didn't get called. But this team wants to bring it, and you look at some of their last games, it's like they lost 1-0 to City. They beat Leeds. They drew 3-3 against Wolves. 2-2 against West Ham. This is a team that will bring it and will try and score against you. And if we're not ready for that, like, they will be. So it's not, again, playing away, this is going to be tough. So we need to actually show up, and we need to be ready for this, because they will bring it. This isn't their team that's going to park the bus. This is a team that's going to try and beat us. Well, and to your point, I think we fare well. Like, when teams towards the bottom of the table uh, come out to play us, like, think of Leeds even. Um, like, when teams come out to play us, uh, um, and we're the better team, and our talent is there, and we don't have to absorb we have to absorb pressure, but we can do our counterattack thing. I think it's when we're at our best, though. So this is a, a match that, that we line up fairly well against, but we also don't have much of a history of, uh, like, annihilating this team either. Um, uh, Lucas, you had a quick point before I go to the other guys? Yeah, uh, just quickly. This is this game, personally, I want to win this game so bad. Brighton away the last time we did it was an absolute nightmare. And that was Potch's way out. And it was the same week that we lost to Colchester and we got smacked by Bayern 7-2 at home. Like, that Bayern game, or excuse me, that Brighton game away was supposed to be our, like, comeback. And we lost 3-0. Hugo broke his arm. And... It was just an absolute nightmare. So I would love nothing more to show up to Brighton and repay the favor. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, I think you had your hand up next. Yeah. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Brighton because it's where I lived in England for most of my life that I lived in England. And I've been to the MX a million times and it's hard for uh, us to win pussy. there. <laughs> we invited this guy on the podcast, but but, but uh, you know it's it's hard for and and the majority of the times I went to the Amex, it was to see him play Spurs. But you know it's uh, it, it's it's hard to win at the Amex. It's it's hard to to win at Brighton. Brighton are one of these teams that are exactly the kind of team where Spurs have been slipping up on a team that are not afraid to attack us, have nothing to lose. We go up one nil against, and then we sit back. We don't hold. We just we just retreat. And we end up getting scored on. And, and how many times have I heard you guys say it where we're all at the pub watching the game and you're like, just Brighton score now or, you know, West Ham score now just so we can actually put ourselves into overdrive to get the equalizer or winner or whatever it is. So I, I think that um, 
Spurs need to go out with a completely different attitude that they haven't had towards these mid-table teams. Uh, and they need to not be afraid of going to Brighton or the MX, and they need to just really, really stick it out, play one of those hard-fought 90 minutes, like how we grafted against Crystal Palace in that first Crystal Palace game of the year. That's the kind of graft I'm looking for from uh, from Spurs. Okay, all right. I, I can feel that. Uh, Sam? Yeah, like... Oh, sorry. Just the way I see it, this is going to be a tough game. Um, Brighton typically is a tough game for us. Uh, to to compound things, we're coming off Liverpool on on Thursday. Win or lose is going to be a very very emotional, hard fought match. So like, so we just need really to play our game because we know Brighton's going to be up for us at the Amex. Um, They do like to attack um, and could create problems for us. Like the last game, Tarek Lamptey was all over, all over us. Um, He he makes me nervous, as does Neil Mope, as does Connolly. So we have to essentially, you know, sleep – Liverpool game off, win or lose, then just come out and get to them early. Get two goals in the first half and then another in the second half. Just just finish the game off soon. But I'd ideally like to see that happen, but I, I know it's Spurs. It's going to be a little bit harder than that. Well, and I think that this this might be your Gareth Pale's chance to shine. This will be a Premier League match where – we, we I don't think we're going to be able to use him against Liverpool because of the 90 minutes that he just played on uh, today, on Monday. Um, so I think uh, this might be the match where he could be a, uh, the, the heroic player for us. Uh, um, and we might uh, see him start to build off of what he started to develop in the, uh, uh, the match today. But, Lucas? Uh, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that I think that Bale will not start against Liverpool, but we might see him as a sub, but I think the game against Brighton is where we could see Bale get a proper start, and that's something they haven't seen against us, and we're going to bring it to them this time, and I think if Bale were to start, I think that could be an absolute onslaught for us, and I think we could take it to Brighton and beat him at their own game. Yeah, because you have to imagine that Probably Sun and Kane will both be playing both starting both of these matches. Um, even if one of them gets subbed off early, um, you, you have to think that they're going to be starting both of these. Because um, I think just where our position in the table is, we have to come out like we were talking about how close everything is. Like we need we need nothing but wins for the next few uh, Premier League matches just to like assure our spot in the top four at this point. Um, and so I think we have to take this one. But I think a guy like Bale could be a, a good asset for this type of match and to have a guy of his talent and just to be able to pull out those, uh, like that wicked shot that nobody's expecting. Um, I, I think that could be useful in this match where maybe in Liverpool, like his pace and inability to contribute to the defense just isn't going to fit what we, we're going to need in that match. So, I, yeah, I think this could be a Bale match. Um 
any other thoughts on this match before we go to uh, predictions? Uh, Lucas? No, I was going to say I'll start predictions. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. Go ahead and start, start predictions. I'm going to predict 3-1 to Brighton. No, kidding. 3-1, uh, Kane, Sun, and Bale. Okay, three one Kane and Kane Sundale. I like that. I like the sound of that. Uh, uh, Sam, I'm gonna go two one, um, Ndombele and Bale. I like that Ndombele and Bale. So we're all seeing the Bale here. I think that that is something. Um, uh, let's go to Christian next. Uh, I think three nil. I think we're gonna uh, really boss this match. Um, I would say that. Um, uh, Sonny's going to go off in this match. He's just been a little bit quiet lately, and I think he uh, Brighton is is a team he can his pace can really take care of. Um, he does love a good so, he does love a good comeback. Yeah, I, I just I feel like uh, Sonny's going to just absolutely uh, have one of those matches where he destroys a mid table team uh, with his with his pace and his movement. So three nail to uh, to the boys. I like it. I like it. I am going to say that this is a, a, a high-scoring high match for us as well. I think uh, you're right about Sun. Um, I, I think we're going to get two from Sun. We're going to get one from Kane, one from Bale, and it's going to be a 4-1 victory over Brighton and Hove. Um, I just I have a good feeling about this one, uh, regardless of what happens uh, against Liverpool, which I still think will be a win, which is... Uh, I know it's a. It feels like a long shot with our recent experience with Liverpool, but I think uh, uh, we have that win against Liverpool and then the win against Brighton, and I think we're flying high again. And this could be a huge week for us if uh, if it works out the way I think. Um, now, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast? I think you had something you wanted to mention, uh, Christian. Yeah, happy birthday, David Ginola. An absolute ah. legend, and uh, yeah, a former underwear model, a uh, one of the most handsome <laughs> men on earth. Uh, the only issue is that he's French, uh, and I uh, honestly I feel that he uh, so good that he um, he had uh, so many issues with the uh, international team and never got his uh, his proper uh, deserved chance for the French international team. So um, happy birthday, David Ginola. Great. Good shout. And Lucas? I was going to say, well, if we're talking about guys that have been robbed from French international duty, I feel like you've got to throw Sissoko in there. Especially underwear models. Like, who would you rather see in their underwear? Like, <laughs> the guys, guys ripped. The guys ripped. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Sissoko in his underwear would haunt anyone. So... Forget I said that, but we can edit. We can edit that out. <laughs> no, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. Um, but <laughs> but I think that about wraps up the podcast. Thanks so much for being back, Christian, Sam, and Lu- Lucas. Uh, thanks. Uh, th- thanks to Tommy for editing and sound. Charlie for the music. Kevin for social media. Luke for Luke's Lux. Uh, Kimberly for the logo and the Atlantic Bar, which we've returned to uh, at limited capacity, uh, 25%. So uh, come out for the matches, but you get your seat early because it's first come, first serve. And when they reach capacity, uh, uh, you won't be able to get in unless you go to Overflow at Celtic Corner, which is uh, Cajal's Old Bar. So uh, that's the other option there. So uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media. 
hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Stars Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.